clever bastards, the Bulgarians. How many times have I said that? <clears throat> Everybody knows that. Some Bulgarian dudes or a group of them came up with this plan. I'm going to try to summarize this. It's really interesting, though. So do you know how you make money in the music industry in the modern world? Well, mostly you make money touring because you don't sell many albums because, like, I listen to a lot of music, but I haven't bought an album in years. I listen to as much music as I want on whatever music service I subscribe to other year. On Apple or Spotify or iHeart or whatever it is. And the musicians don't get a lot of money from streaming. so No, but you get some. Uh, depending on how many times people play your songs. And um, so this group of people or app person in Bulgaria came up with a, a pretty clever little trick that just got found out recently. For some reason, there was a really popular couple of playlists that were almost cracking the top ten of most listen to playlists in America hmm. and uh, making the charts around the world. There was one called Soulful Music and the other one's called whatever it's called. doesn't really matter. And there were uh, a couple hundred songs on there. The songs were all 30 seconds long. <laughs> there weren't a whole lot of people following these playlists. So it's kind of confusing as to why there would be so many listens if there aren't that many people that seem to be into the bands. And listen, I've written some short songs, but 30 seconds is really short. And the musical artists, there's like no information about them. You'd think if they were this popular Hmm. that there'd be a lot of information out there about them. But but there's not. And why are the songs 30 seconds long? A song has to be at least 30 seconds long to trigger being counted as a play. Hmm. So these clever Bulgarians, what they did is they bought, it would seem... 1,200 Spotify accounts. You might even have had to get 1,200 computers to pull this off. And that'd cost you some money, right? Sure. Whatever it costs, $10 a month, 1,200 accounts, all these different email addresses mm-hmm. and everything like that. But they set up these computers to play th- these songs on this playlist over and over and over throughout the day. And you could play it a lot of times. Oh, so I mean, it wasn't humans. It was just lots and lots of accounts. Kind of, uh, what do they call them, bots? Yeah, just pre-programmed to do nothing but listen to these playlists. Uh-huh. And, and the songs are so short, you could get, obviously, you could get 120 plays per hour right. of these songs at 30 seconds each, 24 yeah. hours a day, day after day after day. Yeah. And they believe, they haven't been able to nail this down yet, but it cost them, it might have cost them twelve dollars to $15,000 a month to run the computers and have the Spotify accounts whilst making maybe in the millions of dollars. So they, like, owned these songs yeah. or yeah, whatever the 30-second chunks were? They're musical, they're musical artists. Wow. 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 Really good idea. They if, broke, if, they've broken no laws as far as anybody can tell. If I wasn't sure Spotify is looking into this and probably done something about it, yeah. I would do it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I wish I'd have thought of it. That's hilarious. Yeah. Is there any way to hear any of the music? Have you listened to any of the songs? Are they anything? Are they just... Let me see if I can find it. They don't need to be anything, obviously. They just need to be noise. Yeah. Any sort of noise. Guy bang, 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 bang on a single note on the piano. Record your own song. Flatulence or ducks quacking or whatever. Record your own 30-second song. Set up a computer to play it over and over and over again constantly. Yeah. And uh, then enjoy the royalties. Wow. It probably wouldn't add up much to much unless you had a whole bunch of computers, a whole well, bunch of accounts. Like 1,200 different accounts, which mm-hmm. take a little time, but surely there's some out-of-work ne'er-do-well I can employ. They believe for an investment of $12,000 in a month, they made over a million dollars. Wow. There is nothing on the internet that can go 10 minutes without somebody figuring out how to scam it or fake it. Mm-hmm. 
That's amazing. It's a good idea. Very, very clever. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of that gal who uh, skied her way into the Olympics doing zero tricks. She'd just figure out. <laughs> we were talking about this the other day. She'd figure out where the, the uh, tournaments were being held around the world. Top 30 qualifiers get Olympic points. She'd say, hey, they only got 24 people in that one. I'm going to go ski that one. So she would be in 25th place at worst. And often people would try to actually do difficult stuff and fall, and she would finish ahead of them because she just skied back and forth, back and forth. (laughs) And she got into the Olympics. It's funny. I've seen outraged headlines about, this is perverting and ruining the spirit of the Olympics. I think it's affirming and celebrating the spirit of humankind. How clever and funny is that? Gal's from Oakland. We got a book. We got to talk to her. Um, I think that's beautiful. God, that's great. And that scam has probably been ruined, too. They'll probably come up with something. Yeah, they're already talking about yeah, it. Yeah, and it makes sense. But, God, I would like to have uh, bought whatever it costs to own your own bobsled. Right. And take that around and, and finish in the top 30 of various events. Right. As long as it conforms to the rules, it could be a piece of crap. I, I mean, just, it could be from 1975. <laughs> I just put on a helmet, climb inside, right. let gravity do its thing. <laughs> All the way down the course. You know, bumping off the walls and the rest of it. Living a, leaving a trail of urine in the ice. <laughs> Oh, the, the next competitors will really love that. Um, but then, then when you when you get enough points to qualify, having spent your money to travel around the world and get in these little tournaments, then you go look and turns out I had a great, great, great aunt from Bulgaria. And you call the Bulgarians, although the Bulgarians probably have a bobsled team, the Jamaicans, whatever, Panamanians say, hey, I could be your bobsled team. They'd be like, wow, great. You throw in the, they probably have you carry the damn flag. That reminds me, my son's doing a project at school, which, which is uh, designed to celebrate diversity in the classroom. Of course. And uh, we had this questionnaire to fill out, and um, I was trying not to make it seem like I'm trying to make a political statement, but it was very difficult giving my actual background. Right. What is your nationality? American. We're just a mishmash of a bunch of things going so far back. Nobody even knows, even having spent time to look into it. There's right. just there's no point in calling it anything other than American. And nobody particularly cares. What are your traditions? I put Christmas, birthdays, and Fourth of July. Um, what are your foods? Hamburgers and apple pie. I mean, I don't. I didn't know how to answer these questions, but they're all completely true. Right. And I just have a feeling that they might be looked at with an eye roll. Oh, I see what you're trying to do there. But I don't have anything more exotic for him to put down, unless I was going to lie. You know, I went to a pretty damn diverse high school, and we celebrated diversity by just all liking each other and getting along and playing sports together and dating and, and you know, smoking pot or whatever. I mean, depending on the person involved, that's how we celebrated diversity, by not thinking about it. If you're just a generic USA American, what are you supposed to put for your foods? I am ashamed of my foods. <laughs> for they are an oppressor food. I am ashamed of my traditions, for they oppress the third world. Or culturally appropriated somebody else's foods. That's right. My favorite foods are tacos, uh, egg foo young, and uh, sushi. Take that. <laughs> I honestly didn't know. I just, I, I did my best. I wasn't trying to, I didn't want to make, I didn't want to stir any way, you know, cause any waves right, or anything like right, that. Right, right, right. Yeah, I know. You're perfectly happy to stir waves, just not with your children. Oh, no, definitely not. Right. Right, indeed. Uh, speaking of children, boy, but is, we- is he going to end up standing up in front of the class at some point and saying, "My favorite food is the hamburger"? Yeah, well, guess, yeah. If it is, it is. Oh, don't get me started. Too late. So, boy, did with get- shrimp, with cheese, <laughs> with gravy. There you go, Mitt. Not Mitt. Uh, Newt. 
Um, boy, did we get a lot of reaction to the story we were talking about during the award-winning fourth hour of the Armstrong and Getty show that some of you get. Some of you have to grab it on the podcast. But about the diseased streets of San Francisco, NBC Bay Area doing an investigation of the extra- the astounding number of needles, feces, and garbage. Wait till you hear this. Coating the streets of San Francisco and how it's uh, exploded. Exploding feces um, in the last quite a few years because the politics matter. And uh, San Francisco has gone full unicorn riding utopianism wow. with a very, very poopy, uh, diseased result. Did you have this number yesterday? How many million dollars go to cleaning up human feces and needles? Yeah. That's a big number. Oh, yeah. Okay, we got more on that coming up in a little bit if you haven't heard, heard about it. Well, and people's uh, reaction to it. Yeah, it's pretty gross. You know, it used to be that an American city would say, you know, we have compassion. We understand some people are down and out, and and we're decent human beings. But there are limits. You can't be crapping on the street. You can't be attacking uh, tourists or citizens. You can't block businesses. Now, those people were not bad people. They were good people. They just didn't want to live in a crappy, crappy town. An asshole. An asshole, if you will, Mr. President. Uh, stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. issues about the tax cut and then the cuts to initiatives that help people, that's part of the budget. The national budget should be a statement of our national values, of what is important to us as a nation, which makes us strong and builds for the future, should be reflected in our budget. But what we have seen here is the complete opposite. So this isn't about Democrats or Republicans. This is about the United States of America, about our children's future. And again, it can't possibly be a statement of values for us to uh, talk about, as Martin Luther King said, God really didn't intend, let me read his, God really didn't intend, never intended one group of people to live in superfluous, inordinate wealth, while others live in abject, deadening poverty. are kitchen table issues, though, for America's families, because most, you know, most, most people are not in deadening poverty, but some are. But most people have to struggle to make, make ends meet. So, uh, no, we're not talking about that. Okay. So, in any event, I can out, you know, I'm a mother of five, I can uh, speak louder than anybody. The, uh, here's the thing. Okay, so uh, Lady shouts out, what are you worth, Nancy? Are you living in abject poverty? Which is kind of unfair. But she went on for quite some time quoting the Bible and Martin Luther King Jr. That God the Bible! That's right, sir. That, that, that God didn't intend for some people to live with fabulous wealth and others in poverty. Nancy's worth about $30, 35000000 million, depending on... Who you ask after a life of public service? Now, she married into money, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know the full story. But listen to this, would you? Her property tax bill 
alone is 137 grand a year. Oof. It's more than really? twice the US median household income. She pays on her three luxury homes 137 grand a year property tax. So, listen, if you want to talk about how we're going to uplift the poor blah blah blah, that's fine. But don't give me the Bible and ML King say there shouldn't be rich people and poor people. Come on. Whatever her phrase was, a permanent state of at what point are you supposed to give up all your wealth there, uh, Nancy? Yeah. At what point is your family supposed to start over? I would say to all you super rich progressives who could lose $5 million and not change your way of life or your retirement security or whatever, not even change it in IOTA, all of you can at any moment voluntarily contribute that to the IRS or the charity of your choice anytime you want. Using the government's gun to take it from me isn't generosity or or anybody else. It's not generosity. It's the opposite of generosity. Speaking of Nancy Pelosi and her district, beautiful San Francisco, one of the great cities on earth, culturally, geographically, historically, center, architecturally, and it's smooth with, smeared with poo and uh, bristling with drug needles. NBC Bay Area did an investigation. They surveyed more than 150 blocks uh, downtown. Some of the top tourist destinations, City Hall. Um, if you know the city, uh, it was bounded by, I know, Van Ness, uh, Market Street, Post Street, and Grand Avenue. Uh, playground schools, police stations, et cetera, et cetera. And... Uh, found 41 blocks dotted with needles, 96 blocks, well over half, 96 out of 153, uh, sullied, as they put it, with piles of feces. Human. Human feces. Yeah. It's crap. It's crap? It's crap. It is crap, sir. And uh, they quote a, a doctor from... UC Berkeley, University of California, Berkeley, Dr. Lee Riley, about the incredible disease potential, HIV, Hep C, Hep B, variety of other viral diseases. He points out that when the poo dries, it becomes airborne, releasing all sorts of viruses that are particularly dangerous to children, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, luckily, because of the policies of the city of San Francisco, there are only like 13 children left in the city. Uh, but Riley has written a book. He's researched conditions across the poorest slums of the world. His book, titled Slum Health, examines health problems created by extreme poverty. And he says the contamination in San Francisco is much greater than slums in Brazil or Kenya or India, for instance. That's something. Yeah. Worse than the slums of India. Yeah. Now, so the number they have here is the San Francisco Public Works spends $60 million a year total for street environmental services. Thinks about half of that. $30 million goes to cleaning up just the human poo and needles from the sidewalks and homeless camps. $30 million on cleaning, cleaning up human poo and needles. That's a lot of money. You would think you could hire five guys for one hundred ninety grand a year, which would leave you 50000 bucks for equipment and supplies. And those guys could clean up all the human caca on the streets. You would think so. I don't know no. how you spend $30 million, but... I don't know. We got a, we got a number of different notes. We don't have much time, but um, got this note None from... None of us do, Joe. 
Mm, thank you for that. Uh, Al Anonymous. So I took my self-proclaimed super progressive liberal wife to a show at the Orpheum. I wonder if she saw Black Star Orchestra. Grateful Dead uh, tribute act that uh, Brian the Umpire, my buddy, is a big fan of. He went to their show the other day. Uh, uh, she was totally turned off by the bums and the filth. Couldn't stand it. Go figure. Mm, it's fine. It's an education. Uh, your voice sounding in my head all day as I braved Utopia, um, San Francisco, with my three kids. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Uh, uh, took them to San Francisco to ride the cable cars and play tourist. Um, I'm not sure what town is uh, this person's uh, hometown, but um, one of the thir- first things my son said when we got out of the parking garage was San Francisco stinks. This is a nine-year-old child. The stench in the air was palpable, and my nine-year-old had no problem announcing it. We couldn't walk an entire block without a homeless person shouting at us. Even one pulled down his pants as a grating. Yes, kids, this was one of the great cities in the world. Well, it was. From Union Square to Fisherman's Wharf and every other place we went, there was no avoiding the overwhelming homeless population. Even my kids, who were no strangers to homeless living in a compassionate college town, said they're in no hurry to return to the city after today's experience. Scary and disgusting. Well, and I'll tell you what, if you ever have uh, one of the crazier ones get in your face, um, you'll never mm. take your kids to anything where there's a chance of running into them ever again. If you ever actually have to deal with the fear of, a, you know, a violence. Mm-hmm. You it's know, changed my view of the whole thing. For the rest of my life, I always think, am I going to have to fight this guy up here in the corner as I walk by him? Because I almost did once. So, You know, anybody who's ever raised a kid, raised a dog, taught a class, run a business, whatever, knows there are absolutes. There are lines you cannot cross. And that's one of my main problems with the progressive utopias is they've arrested those lines, erased erased those lines in the name of uh, compassion. Here's here's a line. You can't crap in the streets or, or you're getting booted out of town or going to jail or whatever. You know, you can't assault somebody. You're criminalizing somebody. being homeless, Joe. Yeah, I guess so. Fine. That's I'm the not, only... Well, as I was told in a public forum, I'm not hearing a lot of compassion here, and then everybody clicked their fingers. Okay, great. That's super. Go ride your unicorn home and, 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 and go chant your whatever the hell. Um, do you want a functioning society or not? Do you want a functioning city or not? Do you want a city where tourism endures or not? Do you want a city people can live in or not? You're going to have to do some stuff that makes you sad, makes you cry on your unicorn. I think you just have to have a priority. Is the priority people who have figured out how to support themselves, have a job, and raise their kids? Or is the the priority the other crowd? Because you're going to have to choose one over the other. And right now, in a lot of places, they've chosen the, the people on the streets over the other crowd. And the nastiness has skyrocketed as the number of homeless people flocking to those ultra-compassionate cities has skyrocketed. You, through your policies, are drawing that. No doubt. What's coming up your news, Marshal? Florida students rally and meet with lawmakers about gun control as Hollywood royalty underwrites their D.C. march next month. Coming up, Armstrong and Getty. Good stuff. On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Play more often. It's way better than McDonald's. Oh, hey, whoa, hey, ho, hey, what? Huh? What are you doing? Well, somebody brought by some Chick fil A food, so what did I do? I ate it. Because if free food shows up, whether I'm hungry or not, I'll eat it. Because you can't afford to eat. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. 
It's the disc jockey in me. It's just you grow up that way <laughs> really? as a disc jockey when you're poor. If food really? shows up, you don't even ask where it came from or how old it is. Right. You just start eating it. Might be a while till you can get more calories. So yeah. <laughs> Let's get the uh, news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, students from the Florida high school where 17 people were killed in a shooting spree are rallying for gun control at the state's capital in Tallahassee. What do we want? Change! What do we want? Now! What do we want? Change! They if sp- I was a high school kid that had had half of my class shot in front of me, I would be uh, doing the same thing. Sure, in good form. Yeah, I, I don't blame them. Uh, but They're trying to channel their grief and horror into something positive. Good for them. Are they in the, or the media discussing right. which gun control they're thinking about or talking about? Well, they were split up into several groups. They've been meeting with legislators and other uh, state leaders. One group met with the Attorney General Pam Bondi behind closed doors to talk about mental health issues and later joined other students in a Q&A sessions with uh, Senators Bob, uh, Rob Bradley and uh, Bill G- uh, Galvano. So they're I'll, going... tell you, I'll tell you one thing. They've got an opportunity. Yeah. If they, uh, you, you know, they need somebody to, um, to help direct it, I think, and right. explain to them how it's got to be very specific. You need to have something you're proposing. Right. Well, I but like... they've got an opportunity because nobody right now can turn down listening to them. Sure. They right. can show up to the Capitol and demand to talk to anybody, including the president. Yeah. And they'd have to, they'd get in. Well, I like their wanting to talk about the mental health thing. Um, and, and that brings me to my passion, which is let's have learned and wise people get together and figure out what, which is already in place, was not executed. What systems, what protections that we already have were botched? Because it could be the answers are there already. Right. They're already codified. There are systems in place, and we're just not doing our jobs. Yeah, I uh, like I said earlier, um, what, what gun control are we talking about? And somebody texted, how about... The kind where if the police show up to your house 39 times because of various violent disturbances, you don't get to own a gun. Yeah, I I, I don't know how you you put that into law. But right. You look at the whole, the whole, <clears throat> the total picture of that kid, mm-hmm. and everybody would agree that person shouldn't have a gun. Right. I don't know if there's a way to put that into law, though. Well, if it were merely statutory and not constitutional, there's a hell of a lot more you could do. But, I mean, we got a great email. It was really, it was both uh, insightful and entertaining talking about, uh, ask people, all right, what's your favorite amendment? Let's talk about how I can curtail that. How about the Third Amendment, where the government can't quarter troops in your home without your permission? How about if you beat your wife? Then can they put uh, a phalanx of Marines in your home? Or or what if, I don't know, what if the cops have been called to your house a bunch of times because you're a troubled ute? Then, when you get an apartment, can the government quarter troops in your home? It's uh, it's a tough nut to crack. That's good stuff right there, constitutionally yeah. speaking. Yeah. Meanwhile, Oprah Winfrey and Steven Spielberg are now matching George Clooney's half-million-dollar donation to the March for Our Lives. Clooney and his wife got the ball rolling in their support of that March 24th rally that's going to be in D.C. And the Clooney's also said they plan to march alongside the students in Washington next month. Do they have a specific thing they're asking for? And I'm not trying to be a pain right. in the ass. No, it's I just understand. the only way you're you going to You don't make... have to try. It's effortless. <laughs> <laughs> I come that way. Um, the only way you're yeah. going to get anything done is if you have a specific thing you want to get done. Don't you think? Yes. It's just general, this needs to stop happening. O- or, yeah, or you've got to have a framework 
for addressing the various issues. And that's going to take way more patience and stick to than most, you know, fired up activists have. Um, although I'm thinking at this point, we've reached some sort of critical mass in America where you go to a country concert or a school, you know, high school or an elementary school or a nightclub or whatever the hell. And, and the chances are, you know, well, they're still incredibly remote, but, you know, people are getting shot up all the place. I think all of us are kind of interested in, in, in again, cracking this nut. On another note, the U.S. celebrating its first gold medal in cross-country skiing. The tandem of Jesse Diggins and uh, Kicken Randall posted the top time in the women's team sprint. No U.S. woman had ever won an Olympic cross-country medal, and no American had ever won cross-country gold. Which means now it is time to monetize the medals with Positive Sean's Olympic medal meltdown. That's right. We have a, a clear and decisive frontrunner right now with Norway. Sitting at $11,000 worth of winnings. Second place is Germany, $9,100. You got Canada in third place with $6,800. The Netherlands coming up in fourth, $5,300. Just $4 short of the $5,400 mark. They're really trying hard for that one. And uh, USA in fifth place with $4,700 in winnings. Taking a a lead ahead of the French, largely thanks to uh, that gold medal in cross-country skiing. We're number five. We're number five. Um, getting back to what you were talking about earlier, yeah. we just got this text. How about if you required character references to buy a gun? I can understand why you would say that, but apply it to other constitutional rights. Right. You you don't get free speech unless you get five people who write a letter saying you're a good person. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's keep going. Oh, I hear boy. you. All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Conscience. Of the nation. There you How go. About the- oh, that was sorry, the Squawky. That's Squawky the Eagle, our bald eagle. Uh, how about the right to a speedy and public trial? If I can't get a character witness, I get a slow and private trial. <laughs> or if you were violent yeah. in high school. Right. You got expelled from high school for starting fights. You don't get um, to face your accuser and all the stuff that are your constitutional rights. Right. Or I don't get to confront witnesses against me. Obviously. They just A guy comes into court and says... No, a guy told me he saw Joe do it. Okay, you're guilty, because I was a bad guy, so I don't get that full constitutional right. Obviously, when you apply it this way, it's well, it sounds ridiculous. That's right. that's the thorny part of this whole gun thing. It's actually in the Bill of Rights. It's it actually is t- a constitutionally guaranteed right. It is time to dig up James Madison and clone him and then ask him the hard questions. I swear to God, that would be the most fascinating conversation you could have if you got the Founding Fathers. What did you mean? Explain to them what currently exists and see how they react. I have no idea which direction they would go. Well, I think he would say, you're an idiot. I don't have the memories and opinions. I just have the body of who I was cloned of. Idiot. You don't understand cloning. If I wasn't five foot four, I'd whoop your ass. <laughs> no, I don't know if the founding fathers would say, well, no, we never foresaw this kind of firepower in the hands of citizens. Or they would absolutely say, damn right, you need to be able to protect yourself against the government because the history of the world is the government eventually oppresses you. Right. I don't know what, I don't know how it would come out. Or we just want the states to be able to defend themselves from overarching federal power. Right. Which was a big thing at the time. Sure. But it's a tough one. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The conscience of the nation.
Armstrong and Getty Show. Ah, speaking of the Olympics, you remember the U.S. gymnastics team and the organization and how they'd been molesting girls for decades systematically and moving the coaches and doctors around and ignoring reports. Right. Even putting in places, uh, putting in place uh, various rules that made it difficult to complain. Well, it turns out U.S. swimming is just as bad. And it's a very, very good thing that we're hearing about this very, very bad thing, but it's kind of tough to take. Brad Milkey, ABC News reporter, joins us. He's been following this story. Brad, welcome. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing okay, guys. Thanks. Good. Tell us about the uh, the growing awareness of sexual abuse in USA Swimming. Yeah, I mean, and you were already likening it to USA Gymnastics, and it sounds like the numbers, at least, are even more dire for USA Swimming. We're talking about 252 swim coaches and officials that were arrested or charged or disciplined for having some sort of sexual abuse relationship with individuals, and this just the underage swimmers in the program. You've got plenty of, uh, of, of women and some men in the program who say they were even of age and they were in uh, relationships that weren't appropriate, but think about that 250 people involved with USA Swimming with allegations against them for having contact with underage swimmers and yet you've got a culture in which the leadership said it did nothing for, for 20 or 30 years because they did not think it was a very pressing priority and for there, them. there's no way those 250 some people did it one time not that that wouldn't exactly. be bad enough, but, you know, yeah, that's just awful. And that's why you're talking about more than 600 swimmers, uh, you know, that, that USA Swimming sort of had, had heard complaints from over the last several years. Wow. And then it got even uh, sort of more involved. You know, you, you, we talked about this with, with the Catholic Church, of course, how there were documents. It wasn't as if people within the church didn't know it was happening. And that's what it appears as though here there was a list of flagged people, 32 people in 2010, uh, 32 people involved with swimming uh, that were on this flagged list. These were people who were thought to have had sexual misconduct. However, that flag, th- th- those red flags were only for internal use by USA Swimming. If you were a parent or somebody else in the program, you would never know that that person was on that list. Wow. And th- they, they weren't charged or even banned from the program. Only, only six of those 32 people were ever actually kicked out of USA Swimming. The rest were still there for quite a while. So the red flag served to do what? Simply to protect USA Swimming, in the same case that you would move somebody around, you would move a coach around, you would say, oh, maybe don't put them with, say, young girls, but we will put them with young boys or with older girls. You know, these were the sorts of policies that appear to have been in place. And by the way, USA Swimming and a number of other Olympic sports will solicit donations from people to keep their sports going. Well, USA Swimming spent $77,000 worth of its funds that it gets from grants and from donations to lobby against legislation in California that would have made it easier for sexual abuse victims to sue their abusers. Unfreaking believable They need to be dismantled. They, they need they, to be brought to their knees. They have to be. I remember when the Penn State thing broke, and some people were referring to Penn State as they had a child molesti- molestation factory going. They had yep. built a system for it. it. Sounds like U.S. Swimming absolutely did. That they built a system to make sure they could continue molesting kids. How, how else would you look at it? 
Yeah, and that's the thing. We spoke to, to one of these women who says she was groomed from the time that she was 13 years old. That's when the inappropriate contact and conversations started with her coach. It became a relationship that continued well into her teens, even after she became 18, because she was so sort of numb to the idea of constantly being around this coach. And what she said was even more disheartening was not that there was this one pervert amongst her group, but that there was an entire system devoted to enabling him. Uh, and that, of of course, other girls around her were being put at risk, too. And, 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 and that is why you're hearing a lot of people say that the entire board of USA Swimming, even if they're new, need to be need to resign. right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. Like Joe said, you got to dismantle them. So when they're taking people's donated money because they think, you know, they're doing a good thing, helping kids learn to swim and, you know, give them uh, some extracurricular activities, keep them off the drugs and everything. Yeah. They're taking that money to fight legislation to, 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 to make sure they can keep molesting kids. I mean, that's unbelievable. Brad Milkey of ABC News is on the line. Brad, you know, I don't know to what extent you have autonomy in your assignments and what you're working on and stuff, but you're doing a terrific job reporting this and and communicating it to people so they understand it. And by God, if you can stay on this, stay on it, man, because you're doing a great job. Well, and, you know, I should really give a shout out to the Southern California News Group. The OC Register down in Orange County was the one that broke this story with help from their reporters around the uh, around the region. And that's where it really kicked this off. And now you've got a lot more awareness. And, of course, uh, the people in Detroit that broke the story about Larry Nasser, those have really been the catalyst for these groups actually examining themselves. Right. Because, as we've seen over the last several decades, they haven't been much for examining, themse- the, for examining themselves. Brad, is this yet another example of a time when victims were saying were telling us what was happening and nobody just had any interest in hearing them or, or well clearly because um you, well you definitely had people going straight to USA swimming um who, and they got dozens and dozens and dozens of complaints from athletes and from parents uh and in fact you know in the 1980s the president of USA swimming made a statement saying that sexual abuse was a problem in the, the athletic world and that they needed to do more about it the executive director of USA swimming you know, the guy that, that works for the system that actually does the day-to-day, he told people in a deposition later, I didn't think much of it. It didn't seem like there was much there. It didn't actually seem like a real directive. So this was something uttered in a public environment. We need to do something about sexual abuse in USA Swimming. And there was not the public pressure to actually – people's ears were not perked up, perked up enough to, to follow up on, on exactly what those steps would be or exactly what the problem was. And, and you have the executive director saying he didn't feel any pressure, not from the people within or from outside of USA Swimming. Brad Milkey, ABC News. Hey, Brad, thanks a million. Well done. Thank you. This story might be worse than the gymnastics story. Mm-hmm. I hope it's going to get the same sort of attention. I don't feel like it is. The, the gymnastics story, though, was around before it really... It was around for a while before it really took off. Yeah, I remember uh, even you know back a couple of years ago, yeah. to hearing about some of the coaches and that sort of thing, and it built and built. Well, that and... Indiana newspaper story that was 2016, I think. Right, it like, took a long time for. Right. A... Unfortunately, well, and let's not oversimplify <laughs> it to be about Nasser either. I mean, he was a monster, obviously, mm-hmm. but there are more people than that, and the, the sheer numbers, as you pointed out, you know, the 250 some coaches with at least 600 victims and many, many incidents of sure. sexual predation. I mean, it's, 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 it's a monstrous and horrifying thing to think about. And the fact that the kids and the parents complained and the authorities. I tell you what, this is, this is, one of, this is kind of a libertarian thing. 
there's big government people have this inordinate trust in the authorities to be these angels of decency and wisdom as opposed to looking out for yourself and not trusting that you know if something bad the cops will get here in time or all i have to do is tell the authorities and it'll all be okay and instead of going to my neighbor and saying hey listen man no offense but can we talk about this instead of that you call the cops blah 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 that's not a healthy thing in society and i think it, it causes us that in uh, infantilizing of people where they forget that they have to protect themselves. I've talked about teaching my girls as they went off to college about guys and guys' desires and how you can't trust guys just because they've been yelled at about the, you know, you know, rape culture and equal rights and don't harass. You are in charge of protecting you because you can't trust other people to protect you. These people who trusted USA Swimming to do the right thing, well, you know what? They didn't. They had every opportunity to. They had mountains of evidence, and they did the wrong thing. Absolutely. A lot of people. A lot of people who had to have access to those internal that the internal information that they wouldn't let parents know. That's just unbelievable. I'd be, and, you'd have to pull me off of somebody if that happened to my kid. And for the umpteenth time, they were much more interested in protecting their bureaucracy than in doing the right thing. It's incredible. The iron law of bureaucracy is called the iron law for a reason. We, we all need to accept that that's just a truism about yes, human please. nature. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.